This is Tim Bryan, pastor of Lifeway Apostolic Church, and this is our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. My prayer is that this message will inspire, build your faith, and draw you closer to Jesus Christ. Enjoy this message. The Lord has given me a few things to look at this week, and um, we're going to go to Romans chapter number 8. Romans chapter number 8, and then we will go to 1 Kings chapter number 16. Amen. Everybody say amen. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to be setting a new path. Um, It's kind of an old path, but a new path for our church. And... um, um, First off, let me just say this, tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, prayer here at the church. Um, We're going to have prayer. If you're here, you're here. If you're not, you're not. (laughs) I guess that's what that not means. But um, I'll be here from 7 to 9. Come when you can. Um, I'm going to ask the church to spend some time in prayer. We may do another prayer a week um, in the next couple weeks. Um, I'm going to ask the church to fast. I will be fasting. Uh, this week, I'm not just telling you that to just, but I, I feel like the God is calling us to a different level in Him, and uh, we need to hear from God. Amen. Amen. God's coming back soon, and if we don't have the mind of Christ, then what are we doing? All right. Let's go to Romans chapter number eight. Um, Romans chapter number eight, verse number one. There is, you can stand for the reading of the word, it'd be fine. It's appropriate. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. In other words, you are not condemned if you are in Christ. Huh. If you feel, well, here we go. Just uh, um, walk. <laughs> let's just read on. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh. Here's where we're going. To, we're going to be combating the flesh. That's what we're going to be doing today. Um, our flesh desires a lot of things. Um, but we need to say no to the flesh. We need to no is a good answer when it comes to the flesh. Look to your neighbor and say no is a good answer when it comes to the flesh. Your flesh says it wants to do something, and you know it's not right to do that, or it's not appropriate to do that, or it may not even be sin, but it's just a fleshly desire. And that fleshly desire grows in us, and it's not good to walk after that. I said it's not good to walk after the flesh, because I'm going to tell you why. I like the Bible because it tells us why. I'm not going to tell you the Bible's going to tell us why. Who walk not after the flesh, there's no condemnation, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit is of life in Christ Jesus, who hath made me free from the law of sin and death. The law of sin and of death. If you walk after the flesh, you will be uh, in a place of sin, and you will die, and you are going to hell. 
I'm just going to, because it's okay to say hell in church, right? You're on your way to hell if you were living after the flesh. Get a new pastor today. Going to hell if you're going to live after the flesh. And if the church is full of people that are walking after the flesh, what kind of church do we have? I get a bunch of people look at me that you don't know how to respond to that. For the law of the Spirit is life in Christ Jesus who hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sent in his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh. And for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. That's why we need to die out our flesh. Need to crucify that flesh. What do we crucify it with? With Jesus Christ. Here we go. Uh, where did I stop? That the righteous, verse number four. Um, where did I stop? Right there. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. The work of righteousness cannot come out of you if you're walking after the flesh. Let's just be a really, really real and just say you cannot, there's no righteousness coming out of you if you're walking after the flesh. If you're bound by situations and, and pain and sorrow and that controls your life and all those things, I'm here to tell you today that that is the work of the flesh minding the things of the Spirit. It is taking over the things of the Spirit. It is reaching after the Spirit. Let's, let's read on here. But after the Spirit, verse number 5, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. Mm, well, there you go. But to be, we're reading the Bible, aren't we? Okay. Um, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. You want life and you want peace? Are, are you okay just kind of going through life and having the mully grubs and always battling certain things? Brother Randy, I, I want life and peace in Jesus Christ. I, I, you, thank you. He says, I think I can have it. Or you, think you can have it. I know you can have it. Here's how you do it. You walk after the spirit, not the flesh. You want victory in your home, walk after the spirit. You want victory in your mind, walk after the spirit, not after the flesh. It will hopefully help you today. You can be seated. I'm going to read on. I'll remain standing. Here's why. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Verse number 7. Why? Because, let me say because, the carnal mind, the mind that seeks the flesh, is an enemy of God. So when you are walking in your own mind, seeking to fulfill the lust of your flesh, you are an enemy in a place of enemy with God. Boy, if that didn't hit you right between the eyes, maybe the next verse will. Because the carnal, because carnal mind is empty, empty against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God.
What kind of church are we going to be, y'all? It'll be a church that seeks after the spirit or fulfills the desires of the flesh. What kind of home you want? You want a home that seeks after the spirit of God or minds the spirit of the flesh? Okay? But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so, be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if, you, if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the Spirit is life because of righteousness. Somebody say righteousness. But if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Wouldn't you love to have the spirit of the resurrection in you? My God, I'm talking about the spirit of resurrection power. I crucify my flesh with Christ so I may be resurrected with him in spirit. I want to walk in the Spirit. I want to talk in the Spirit. I want to minister in the Spirit. I want to mind the things of the Spirit. Word says mind. Somebody say mind. How many has ever minded your mom and dad? Anybody, anybody remember you have a conversation with your mom and dad, and you didn't want to do it, but you did it anyway? Because if you didn't clean your room, Sister Julie, I'm sure your room was always clean. Oh, yes, it's always clean. And she minded her parents all the time. That, 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 that minding the presence of God or minding the flesh. Here's what we do. The flesh desires to do a work or desires to do something or whatever it is, and then we mind it. In other words, we obey it. We are minding the works of the flesh. When you're sitting at your computer screen and if something pops up, you mind the work of the flesh or the work of the spirit? The flesh says yes. The spirit says no, don't you do that. Somebody cuts you off in the middle of the road. Anger pops up in you. You feel the spirit of anger. You can mind the works of the flesh or the work of the spirit. I'm talking about the work of the flesh versus the work of the spirit. Somebody offends you. The Bible says offense will come, but you don't have to be offended. That's what the Bible says. People walking around offended. You don't have to be offended. Being offended is a work of the flesh. The Bible says offense will come, but I don't have to be offended because I have the resurrection power in me. And when my flesh wants to rise up and be offended, the Bible says, no, I'm dying out to my flesh and let the Spirit of God rise up in me. So I have joy in my infirmities or in my things that come up against me because I can see them coming because they shall come. All right. All right, we're getting somewhere here today. Let's go to 1 Kings, chapter number 16, verse number 8. Now, I heard this scripture this week, and i got to be honest with you, I don't, I, I, I'm pretty sure I've read this couple scriptures, but I've never really read the scriptures. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You read the Bible through, you read things, but you just kind of go over them. Um, verse number 8, 1 Kings 16, in the 20, 
and sixth year of Asa, king of Judah, began Elah, the son of Basha, to reign over Israel and Terzah two years. Somebody say two years. Not a very long reign when it comes to be a king. Show you why he only reigned two years. And his servant Zimri, the captain of half his chariots, that was a pretty prominent position. You are in charge of half of the king's chariots. In other words, when the king is going places, many chariots follow. And in scriptural times, you'll see that some kings required 50 men marching in front of him before everywhere he would go. Chariots would follow, chariots in front of him. The king was not, he was not walking amongst the men. He was in a chariot as well. Or he was in a, in a place above as the king and the servant Zimri, verse number 9, captain of half his chariots, conspired against him as he was in Terza. Somebody say Terza. Zimri conspired as he was in Terza, or against Zimri, or Zimri conspired against Elah as he was in Terza. And what was he doing? <laughs> he was getting drunk. Let me just say this. He was satisfying the flesh. He was a king, but he went to Ezra. Ezra, is that it? Is A-Z-R-A? Did I say that right? Arza. He went to Arza to get away from it all so he could, so he could take part in the appetites of the flesh. But he didn't know that the captain of half his chariots had, a, had an agenda. The Bible says that he conspired. So what do you think this captain did? What do you do when you're a conspirer? You're watching. Well, let me check his pattern. He's going to do this. He's going to do that. And then I know the day and the hour that he's going to go down to Arza. And when he goes down to Arza, I know what he does. He, he gets uh, beside himself. He, he kind of takes that kingly uh, 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 presence off of him, and he surrenders himself to the works of the flesh. He surrenders himself to the work of the drink. Rich read on, conspired against him as he was in Terza, drinking himself drunk in the house of Arza, steward of his house in Terza. So, uh, the, the, the house of Arza was a place that he went to get away from it all to appease the flesh. Some of us got a place we go that nobody else knows about so we can appease our flesh. Some of, us, some of you got rooms in the house that, that nobody else is allowed to go in because that's where you appease your flesh. It could be games. It could be pornography, it could be uh, you, you hide yourself in a, a place so you can make a phone call, whatever it is. It, it, it's, it's appeasing of the flesh. And, or maybe you're watching something you don't need anybody else to watch, so you want to keep people out of the room. Maybe it's a television show or whatever the case may be. We try to appease the flesh. Is it okay to be honest like this in the house of God? He went to a place of Arza to appease the flesh. Drink himself drunk in the house of Arza, steward of the house of Terza. And Zimri went in and smote him and killed him in the 20th 
and uh, in the twenty and seventh year of Asa, king of Judah, and reigned in his stead. Here's 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 kind of the the, the how this would work. So in this story or in this, we have the king, um, King Elah. I would like to say that we are the King Elah. We are that type in this story. The uh, the servant Zimri is the devil. He's out to pursue. Um, and then Arza is the flesh. Arza is the work of the flesh in this story here today. So we find that uh, Zimri went into the king. He did not go to the king when he was in the king's house. He did not take out the king in his courts. He did not take out the king uh, on the road. He did not talk. He did not take out the king when he was worshiping God. He did not take him out when he was playing the keyboards or playing the drums. He did not take him out when he's in a public place, in a place of authority, in the place of the king. In the place that he saw, but he went to a place to fulfill the lust of the flesh. And there he took out the king. Here's what I find is you better be careful what you mind, the work of the flesh. Because the Bible says the devil is a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And he is watching where you go. Maybe not the devil. Maybe he, he's only one. He, he, he's not omnipresent like God is, but he's got little imps, if you will, reporting to him what's going on. He understands where you're going. He understands what's going on in your life, and he will come like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He may not be able to devour you in the house of God when you're praying, and when, but when you surrender to the work of the flesh, the devil's going to come in and try to destroy everything that you have. Bible says we are a royal priesthood. We are a peculiar people. We're a holy nation. We're set apart. And I believe all that and I trust all of that. But when the devil sees you start doing the work of the flesh, uh, he will put you and bind you with sin and he'll be out to kill and destroy your very life. That's what's going on here. He was drunk. Somebody say he was drunk. He was drunk in the house of Arza. In other words, he was intoxicated to the place. He could not be, he was not in a place that he could make a kingly decision. He was not in a place that he was in his right mind as a king. He was in a place that he wanted to shut off everything else in the world. He wanted to take the kingly robe off and set it aside. He was in no place. I said he was in no place that he could make a right decision world takes keys away from drunks. They keep them off the street. The man came to my house the other day. Uh, I sell stuff on Facebook Marketplace. Made $200 this week. I got a couple rooms that are emptying out. And I may just empty out the whole house and just live with a bed. I'm just making money selling stuff. Come over to my house. Where are we going to sit? I don't know, but somebody on Facebook Marketplace has it. And bless God, it put money in my pocket. I'm tithing on it. Don't y'all worry about it. And so should you. And uh, 
<laughs> I need to recalculate this week because I, okay, I need to pay more tithe than what I maybe thought. Um, <laughs> now you got me off track. What's that? Yeah, a man came to my house. Thank you. Guy came to my house. I was selling, I was selling these two little something we've never used. We had, in our loft upstairs. There was a there was a TV up there, and there was these armoire things. We never. The only person that's in that room nowadays is my wife. We have a little office in there for her. And I was like, we ain't used this stuff in two years. This stuff's got to go. So I put it on Facebook Marketplace on Friday, and. And somebody bought it on Friday. That was just awesome. This guy came to my house in this truck, and he ready to load the stuff up. And I said, man, I said, I don't have anybody in my house that's strong enough to help me get this stuff downstairs to get ready for you. You okay walking upstairs with me? He said, yeah, we'll, we'll carry it. We'll lay it down. It's pretty good heavy. It's, 40, it's four foot tall and 19 inches wide and maybe 21 inches deep and solid wood. And it's a nice cabinet for your media stuff and books and different things. And, and um we started carrying it, and then he, he took the, the lower part down the stairs, and he was walking awful slow down those stairs. He was very careful with his steps. And he made a comment to me, and I said, Lord, I better get the money before he, he leaves. He said, maybe I shouldn't have had that other beer before I knew I was walking down the steps. He tells me this halfway down the steps. No wonder that man was walking so slow down those steps. I'm like, God, help me. I just redid our steps, and I don't want to drop this stuff on my floor and all this stuff. So I keep my eye on that dude. You got it? Yeah, I got it. You sure? Yeah, I'm sure. Because we still had another one upstairs to bring down. So I said the next time up the steps, I said, let me take the lower part and you take the upper part. At least I know I can control it not falling all the way down the steps. You know, when we get drunk in certain things of life, we can't even go up and down stairs properly. We can't do the mundane things. And I, I wasn't sad. I wouldn't think that he was completely obliterated and wasted, but even just a small intoxication can get you out of, out of sorts. That you can't even do the certain tasks of living for the Lord correctly. Because when we start taking and, and understanding and taking in the appetites of the flesh, it distorts our view of Scripture. It distorts the, our view of coming to the house of God. Because we have so much of works in the flesh going on that we say, well, I don't need to be in the house of the Lord today. I don't need to pray today. I don't need to get in the Word of God today. It's why? Because there is a work of the flesh that is enmity between you and God. And whatever the devil can do, whatever the spirit of this world can do, whatever the spirit of the flesh can do it understands it does not want you praising it does not want you worshiping it doesn't it knows it does you know it does not want you studying the word it does not want you submitted to the man of God or the things of God because the flesh is the enemy of the spirit the enemy of the spirit we find that Zimri was watching the pitfalls of the king Watching. The Bible says the devil walks to and fro, seeking what? Seeking whom he may devour. That means he can't devour everybody. I said he can't devour everybody. And he can't devour everybody all the time. But he is watching for you to surrender to the place of the flesh. 
so he can swoop in and start destroying your family and destroying your life. That's why the Bible says we got to mind the things of the Spirit. Be mindful of the things of God. Why is Bible study important? Why is reading the Word of God important? Why is prayer, the simple act of prayer, is so difficult for many of us to, to champion, if you will. Why is that? It's because there is a work of the flesh against the work of the Spirit. And the flesh doesn't want to surrender to the work of the Spirit. That's why it needs to be crucified. Paul says, I die daily to the flesh. Why? Because I need to mind the things of the Spirit. Mind the things of the Spirit. So the devil was watching. He's watching. But the Bible says don't give place to the devil. I'm not going to give him access to those places. So how do I, I don't want to get intoxicated with the world and the flesh to give place to the devil. Because there are many pitfalls and we all have shortcomings. We all have weaknesses. There's not one person in here that does not have a weakness. If you're perfect, that means you got a glorified body and you shouldn't be here. I'm just be honest with you. If you're perfect, you might as well just go on and go into heaven. In fact, if you say you're perfect, you got pride, and you're about to fall, and you're about you're being devoured by the enemy right now. <laughs> what I'm saying here is today that we have to mind the things of the spirit and not the flesh. There's a thing called discipline. Jacob and I talked about discipline. How are you working on that Bible study, bro? It's getting there. He come to me. I shared this Wednesday night. He came to me and said, Pastor, I need, to, I need to be better disciplined. I said, all right, you're going to teach me a Bible study on discipline. So it's getting there. You publicly proclaim that it's getting there. I'm going to hold you accountable for it getting there, right? Well, how do we abstain from the works of the flesh? And how do we know that? Our flesh has gone too far. It's because you're mindful. Everybody point at your head. You're mindful. You're watchful. You're thinking of the word of God. You're thinking of the things of God. I heard one person say, I don't have time to pray every day. I don't have time. I don't know how people say that they're, 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 they, they can pray all the time and all this. I don't have time for all those things. Then you are too busy. I said, you are too busy if you can't mind the things of the Spirit. Hmm. You know what minding the things of the flesh does? It calls you to separate from the kingdom of God. Because we find here in Scripture that Elah got off his throne, the place of anointing. He got out of his rightful place and went down to Arza, the house of Arza. You know what the works of the flesh, it takes you, it removes you from your rightful place in the kingdom of God. It removes you from the blessings of God. It removes you from the things that is desi God desires to work in you. And we separate ourselves. That's what the work of the flesh does. It separates us from God. It separates us from kingly authority. It takes us away from the rightful place that God has prepared for us. So where is your Arza? What's your Arza? Take inventory today of your Arza. 
What is the work of the flesh in your life? What is the thing that if God can come down, say, Lord, I'm tired of fighting this thing. I'm tired of being intoxicated by this. Tired, it's called bondage. It's got you chained up. You can come to the house of God and still be chained by Arza. There are people that will go back to their place of a kingly authority, if you will, or worship God and, and love God and, and, and in front of all the people, but inside they're still bound in Arza. It's all playing church. So here's what we do. There's a work of the flesh going on. Paul had a work of the flesh. And he says, I have a thorn in my side. There's something. And you know what? Ours needs to be in our life, that weakness and that thing that you keep going back to. And when you feel the urge to go to ours, that should push you to your knees. That's a discipline. When you feel like you want to tell another lie before you open up your mouth, you need to find a place to pray and say, Lord, I don't want to talk like that anymore. Let's just take it for what it is in Scripture. He was a drunk. If you have a problem with alcohol, when you feel the urge to come upon you to, to take another drink, you say, no, Lord, I, I, I don't want to do that anymore. I want you, God, to come upon my life. I want you to strengthen me to say no. Come on now. I had somebody call me. They say, Pastor, I don't know how to pray. I have this going on in my life. I have that going on in my life. And this is my weakness. This is what they said. This is my weakness. This is the thing I keep going back to. And I don't want to do that anymore. And he said, what do I say? I said, you tell that to God. Say, God, this is my weakness. I know you are strong. I don't want to do that anymore. I need your help. I need your presence. Your word says when I am weak, then am I strong. So I'm calling upon the resurrection and the power of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, that I can crucify this flesh so that the spirit may rise in my life. I've never preached on a message or from the scriptures before. Or at least First Kings. Can I? Alright. Can you give me just a few more minutes? I'm going to, over, over the next few weeks, maybe a few months, but I'm going to be directly talking about certain things that will help us in the works of the flesh. And there are many works of the flesh. Um, let's go to Galatians chapter 5 and let's discover what the works of the flesh are. Galatians 5. Um, is it verse number 16? Hermes, okay? You're all okay? Everybody good? All right. We're going to combat the works of the flesh here today. And we're going to, in order to really understand, in order for you to combat it, you got to know what you're fighting. And many of you know what you're fighting. We're, we're not dummies in here. I know what I fight. I fight too. Everybody thinks the pastor's, pastor's not perfect. I'll make mistakes. Everybody just got real quiet. I'm human just like you are. All right, Galatians, chapter number 5, verse number 16. For this I say, then walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth after the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. There's a war going on. 
these are contrary to one another. I believe I'm reading now the NIV. Did you switch, switch it over to NIV? Uh, contrary to one another, so that you cannot do the things that you would. That if you're led of the Spirit, you're not under the law. I, I, I want to I say something real quickly here as, as, a, as a careful um, praise, if you will. I want to I give a shout out to Sister Naomi and Brother Robert. We talked about this this week, didn't we? And as a parent, our kids don't understand this. They, they, they don't understand everything there is in it between the work of the flesh and the work of the spirit. They, they don't understand the deep things of God, right? So what that does, it takes a parent to teach them in the home, to show them the right way. So Sister Naomi called me this week, and we begin to, she began to talk about this, and her kids come up this day and say, they, they want to pray, but they don't want to pray the things they know they should pray. And they or feeling almost condemnation because of that. They didn't. They knew it wasn't right, but they didn't know what to do and how to pray. And and it, this is this is beautiful in my eyes. This is no. This is no. Uh, it's, it's just children praying. And I I I, I didn't. I don't know if I told you this or not, but my son dealt with the same thing, and my daughter t- did the same thing. I remember when Evan woke up in the middle of the night crying. He said he, he Teresa went up there and. He said, you know, there's things that are coming into my mind. I don't know where they're coming from. I'm starting to think things I, I don't want to think. I'm thinking like I don't want to live for the Lord. I, I don't want to do these things. So what did my wife do? We began to pray for him for there to be a renewing of the mind. Because in a natural ability or natural things, or we know that the spirit, we know we want to worship God. But in the flesh, our flesh doesn't want to do that. So we begin to pray and she began to pray and began to talk to the kids and talked about the things difference between the flesh and the spirit. It's important to instruct our children to be equipped to attack the things that are coming their way. Somebody say amen. We need to equip them. So let's read on here for a second. For the flesh lusted after the spirit, the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. Hmm. Verse number 18. But if ye be led of the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest. What does that mean by me manifest? It's an outward expression. It's there. There is a fruit of the spirit and there is a fruit of the flesh. There are fruits of the flesh. In other words, it's going to pop out. It's going to eventually show. But if you're led by the spirit and under the law, now the works of the flesh are made manifest. Which are these? Adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies. There's a long list here, y'all. Envians, murders, drunkenness. There's that drunkenness. Revelings and such like. Everybody say such like. In other words, everything else like these things. You say, well, um, my issue is not in that list. It's in the some like. Got y'all. Y'all in there. It's in the some like. Such like. Of which I tell you before, as I have told you also in time past, that ye, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But I'm glad there's a conjunction in Scripture. 
The Bible says, but there are the works of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and long-suffering and gentleness and goodness and faith and meekness and temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. And if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another. In other words, let's walk after the Spirit. I said let's walk after the Spirit. Let's mind the things of the Spirit. Let's mind the things that God has for us. Let's be mindful of loving one another. Let's be mindful of bringing peace to one another. Let's be mindful to show care to one another. Let's be mindful to be faithful to one another. Let's be mindful to be good to one another, to have meekness towards one another, be temperate and long-suffering to one another. Those are the fruits of the Spirit. Let me tell you this. Now, you can't just put on the fruits of the Spirit without crucifying the flesh. There are many people that are walking around with their, I was going to say, you ever played that game with the jelly beans? Bamboozled? Beanboozled? What that game is is that, I forgot how it goes, but you are to pick a jelly bean. And that jelly bean is, looks good. Oh, it's flavorful. But you just might get a jelly bean that tastes like puke. Or you may get a jelly bean that tastes like... Say that through the microphone. Dirty feet. You may get a jelly bean that tastes like something you don't want to taste. Oh, it looks good on the outside. And you have faith that it's going to taste good. But in that game, Bean Boozled, you're going to get something sometime or another. You're going to get a bean that you don't like. But what I'm trying to say is the work of the Spirit. We can fool people for a while. I said we can work people work, uh, work over people for a while, but there's going to come a time when the work of the flesh will rise up. It will rise up in our life if it is not crucified. You can fool me, but you can't fool God. I can fool you, but I can't fool God. Because the work of the flesh, your your Arza will show up. Because the work of the flesh always will pop up, and the devil is seeking whom he may devour. He may not devour you. Sister Linda, he's not going to devour you right here on the second row at church, but he will devour you in your room. He will devour you when you're out on vacation. He will devour you when you were at at works in this world. Now, can I take us a step further today? We all okay? Are we all okay? Can I get an amen? The devil is our adversary. But he has no authority. I said he has no authority. We think that sometimes we look at the devil and we think we put him on the same plateau as God, as the direct opposite of God. He has no authority. The Bible says he has to get his steps or order of the Lord. He can only go where God allows him to go. The Bible says he can only go so far. 
So the only way we are consumed by the things of the world is if we do not submit our flesh to God. It is up to us. I have the authority to walk in Jesus Christ. I said I have the authority to be in the throne room of God. I have the authority to do the work of God. And it's only me that can be devoured. If I submit myself to the flesh, then to be devoured by. Don't you blame God for your situation? You can't blame God. He has all power and authority. It is up to us to not get intoxicated by the things of the world. I told you I was going to maybe bring out a topic up once in a while and deal with some things. Let you know where I stand on things. Is that okay? I'll let you know where we stand in the Word of God. Let's go to... I want to go too much longer, but let's, we're going to do it anyway. Y'all just hang with me. There is one thing that intoxicates people because there is a feeling of power or control and a pleasure of superiority, and that is information. Somebody say information. People love information, and they love to share information. Uh, they love to share information because it intoxicates them to the place that they feel power and control and they have a sense of superiority when they share information that they have no right to share. And let me tell you about sharing information. Certain information is good to share when it's a testimony. Sister so-and-so was healed by the blood of Jesus Christ today. That's good information. I said that's good information. That's something to be worshiping about. But what happens is when we get intoxicated to talk about our brother and sister or the man of God or anybody else in this world in a derogatory manner, to set ourselves up as a pride and be a place of authority upon the subject. The old word, the six-letter word is called gossip in the word of God. Gossip. Now, what is, and I begin to think, what is, what is, really, what is gossip really? What, what is it really? What's the work of the flesh, right? It's the work of the flesh. Um, it's called dissension. Um, and in, the, uh, in Galatians chapter number 5, it is found in uh, drunkenness, no, it's uh, seditions. There we go. Seditions. It's a such like. Okay. And um, I find it very interesting. And, and a man gave a definition as Harold, um, I, forgot his, I forgot his last name. But he, he, he began to talk about this subject, and he said this. He said, gossip is anything that you say to somebody to lower somebody else's opinion in your mind. In other words, Brother Mike, if you come to me, let's, let me reverse it. If I come to you, and I say something about Sister Anna, and it lowers your view of her in your eyes, it's gossip. If you lower the view of somebody else in that person's eyes, Stop it. Well, a lot of times we disguise it with the cloak of humility and prayer. Well, let's just pray for him. No, you be careful what you say. Right? So here's what I kind of wrote down. Gossip needs to be eradicated from the kingdom of God. The work of the flesh. We want to be dealing with the wings of the work of the flesh. There is no place in the kingdom for this type of talk or even living. It is a seed of work of the flesh. Proverbs 11, 13, I read from the NIV version, a gossip betrays confidence, but a trustworthy person keeps a secret. Proverbs 16, 28, a perverse person stirs up conflict, 
So you're perverted. And gossip separates close friends. That's what it does. Reading from the NIV, Proverbs 18 and 8, the words of a gossip are like choice morsels. They go down in the inmost parts. People swallow those. When you take it in or you spit it out or you say it or you take it in, you're still a part of it, right? Proverbs 20 and 19, a gossip betrays a confidence, so avoid anyone who talks too much. <laughs> Woo, all right, I'm not looking at anybody. Proverbs 26, 20, without wood, a fire goes out. Without a gossip, a quarrel dies down. Proverbs 26, 22, it says it again. The words of a gossip are like choice mor morsels. They go down in the inmost parts. 2 Corinthians chapter number 12. Have you been thinking all, 12, 19. Thank you, Raphael. Have you been thinking, the Bible says, I believe this is still the NIV. Have you been thinking all along that we have been defending ourselves to you? Have we been speaking in the sight of God, all those in Christ? And everything we do, dear friends, is for your strengthening. For I am afraid that when I come, I may not find you as I want you to be. I'm going to come, but I'm afraid to come because I, I, there's going to be a spirit there that I'm not sure I want to be around. I'm going to find something I don't want to be. I want to be around. For I am afraid that when I come, I may not find. Is this okay? This is Sunday, right? We're just going to, we're in, in, with the love of Jesus Christ, we're going to talk about some things. We want it to be a, a people that are mindful of the spirit, not of the flesh. For I'm afraid that when I come, I may not find you to want to be, and, and you may not find me as you want to be. I fear that there may be discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, slander, gossip, arrogance, and disorder. And I'm afraid that when I come again, my God will humble me before you, and I will be grieved over many who have sinned earlier and have not repented of their impurity, sexual sin or debauchery, in which... They have indulged. If we want to grow and be uh, spiritually minded, we get people coming to the house of God. I, I really hope that they don't come in a sense of spirit of gossip and say, I really don't want to be around there. I want to be around people who have the works of the spirit. The, the sin of pride is said by some to be the foremost of the seven deadliest sins. It is pride that kind of flows through all of them. And Gossip is one of those things that comes out of pride, comes out of a place of superiority, a place of information. So I'm going to say to you, and I, I do not want to dwell on this. I do not want to, to, to I'm, I'm not pointing fingers. I'm not saying anything. But what I'm saying, I'm just talking about minding the things of the flesh and minding the things of the spirit. And Here's what we got to be. I'm going to give you some examples of what gossip may sound like in your ears. And I'm going to tell you how we as a church body should combat that. Somebody say amen. How many ever heard something of gossip and then you felt kind of dirty but you didn't say anything? Like, I really shouldn't have listened to that. God help me. But we didn't say anything in return. It's because that person is coming across in a place of superiority. So all of a sudden we feel as though we don't need to say anything back. Because they're coming place from the superiority and pride. And we don't want to combat that spirit. I know this is kind of un unorthodox for a Sunday. But I, I, I just think that we need to talk about this stuff. And, and here, here's some things. Um, that what people will say. Um, they can't do anything right. That's gossip. I heard that the head 
heard that the head or the head, the head of the so-and-so's group hated the presentation. That group, that's, you know, I heard that the people really didn't like that. Are you seeing the body language between those people? My goodness. This person works late all the time with their job, and no wonder their kids act out. These are not things that I've heard here. I'm just giving you examples. OMG. He or she is playing just to get attention. Lowers that person in the eyes of the person receiving it. I can't believe they're letting that go. Here's one. The songs chosen are not what I'd pick. Maybe I've heard that one. On a latter note, my mama came to my house. When we first, Dada, you remember this. Teresa and I spent for us, and I had this furniture for 20 years. I, we spent $5,000 on a couch, a buddy chair, an ottoman, and a couple tables. And I thought we had bought something nice. We wanted to buy something that was last, that would last. And it did. We just got rid of it. I, actually, she still has it. So it was pretty good furniture. I didn't sell that on Marketplace to her. I gave that to her. And uh, my mom walked into our house. And I, we teased my mom till the end of her days on this earth. And she walked in and she said, well, that's nice, but it's not what I'd pick. She said it to me, though. And we all laughed about that. And, and we just kind of, and it was just, just her honest opinion. We wanted her, we were all so, hey, look at this new furniture. In our apartment of 720 feet, we bought this furniture, and you couldn't have anything else in that room because, by George, we got this furniture. Walks in there, and of course I felt defeated, and we all laughed, and, and it, was, it was a running joke for still to this day, obviously, because I'm using it in this. But many of us will do it with a little bit of sedition in our heart and say, nice, but it's not what I would do. I, I would have done that a different way. Here's another one. Maybe just one or two more. Is that okay? I think it's good to give us an example because we, we need to know what we're facing and what we hear, and what we hear, we need to know what to, what to do. Don't worry, they don't take anybody's suggestions. Don't worry, they, they, they won't listen to you anyway. Don't worry, it never happens the way you really want it to happen. What happens is we are bringing other people down to a lower view, especially if it's a place of authority. I just be really blunt and be honest, I, I, I just, I have felt that some do not receive me as your pastor because others have diminished me in your eyes. I felt that in the spirit. That's what gossip does. It brings down people's level of authority in your life, and it brings you up in a place of superiority. So what are we saying? We're going to just talk about the works of the flesh and say that there is a way out of the work of the flesh. Now, I'm not going to end it on a Debbie Downer note here. 
Bible teaches us to come out of them and be separate, saith God. You know how people know that you're a child of God is because of the fruits of your life. The fruits of your life. You know why people came to me when, at work and they wanted, to, wanted me to pray when they wouldn't even go to the pastor to pray? It's because there was a fruit in my life that showed them I was a prayer, prayerful person. There's something in my life that showed them that I have faith in my spirit, faith in my life. I want people to come to the house of God and people to come to this room and says, I have faith in the man of God, I have faith in my brothers and sisters, and I'm going to have faith in them that they can lay hands on me and anoint me and I can be healed. But when there is seditions going around and the works of the flesh going around, it People don't want to come to the altar. People don't want to go to a time of prayer. People don't want to go to somebody's house. Some people don't want to go out to eat. There's a separation, all this stuff. Why is that? It's because there's a work of the flesh going on. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm here to tell you, we don't want to be a church that has the work of the flesh. We want to be a church that has the work of the Spirit. We want to be a church that is a city set up on a hill whose builder and maker is God. And when I begin to say one thing or another, sooner or later we're going to talk about God. You know what happens when people begin to fall into sin and they fall into a place of rebellion? They talk about God. They begin to diminish God in other people's eyes. They say, God never listened to me. God doesn't care. God doesn't want anything to do with me. What are they doing? They are creating a work of the flesh in the world. So it diminishes people's view of God. But here, let me tell you today, we want to be a church that exalts the name of the Lord, that lifts him high, that his train would fill the temple. They say amen. I told you we're on a different course. We're on a different course. So, what is your arza? Is your place of intoxication? Work of the flesh. Each one of those things are being an intoxication. That's why there's serial murders. There are people that, that are uh, addicted to lying and telling stories, right? They, they get intoxicated with, the, with the, 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 the something that's in them, and they just become addicted to it. And they, they become uh, just so, so, so in a place of, uh, of ours, and they become intoxicated with it. That's why 1 Peter 5 and, 5 and 8 says, be sober in the Lord. Right? Be sober in the Lord. Be sober. You don't get intoxicated by God or by the world, but be intoxicated with God. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to stand. We're going to pray. I don't need any music right now. It's okay. Um, we're going to end in prayer in this fashion. That whatever your arza is, Say, Pastor, I'm, I quit. I just, I'm done fighting. I, I, I fall and I go back to Arza again, and then I fall again. But let me tell you, that don't stop fighting the good fight of faith. I said, don't stop fighting it. Don't stop fighting it. The Bible says, I press towards the mark. That means I may not hit the mark right every time, but I'm pressing towards it. I get up in the morning, I die to my flesh, and I say, Lord, I'm going to have you with me. I'm going to be a conqueror, more than a conqueror today. I'm going to walk after the spirit and not after the flesh. Maybe we need to get up and look at ourselves in a mirror with that every once in a while. You are going to walk after the spirit and not after the flesh. Ah.
Some of y'all need some good old self-motivation when you get out of bed in the morning. Stop getting up on the wrong side of the bed and get up on the right side of the bed and say, I am a child of the Most High God. I am not going down to Arza today to be intoxicated by the things of this world, but I'm going to be a city set upon a hill and a light that shall not be hid. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Your rightful place is in the courtroom of the king, not at Arza. I said your rightful place is in the courts of the king, not sitting down at Arza because there is a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. It's like pulling the teeth out of the lion when you're sitting in the courtrooms, worshiping God. He can't take a bite out of something that he can't consume. He can't take a, but if you get down into the flesh, he can destroy the flesh. But if you're full of the presence of God and the goodness of God and the love of God and the mercy of God and his righteousness is flowing, flowing through you, the devil cannot take a bite out of you. He has no authority in you. So I'm believing there is a group of people here today that will declare in their spirit, I'm going to follow after the works of the spirit and not after the works of the flesh. Let's raise our hands right now and declare that we are a royal priesthood and that we are a righteous people and that we're going to be set apart for his purpose. <laughs> Come on, when the house of ours starts coming, put on the weapons of the Lord Jesus Christ. Put on the helmet of salvation. Put on the shield. Take the sword of the Lord, which is his word, and say, Arza, you can come calling all you want, but I am set apart for the kingdom of God. And his righteousness. You know what's going to get us to the next plateau, if you will, or the next place in revival? Is when all of us begin to walk after the Spirit. Lead me, Lord, I'll follow. You know, the day of Pentecost was fully come. Reason why all of them were, they all came in one mind and in one accord and in one place, submitting to one God. I said, submitting to one God. Yeah, I believe God is going to pour out His Spirit in an unmeasurable way in this place. I believe it. I'm going to speak it. God has shown us a great revival in this community. But sometimes we need to stop and just say, you know what? We're going to declare the Lord's glorious in this place. I don't have to worry about the devourer if my eyes are upon Jesus. The Bible says, mind the things of the Spirit. It didn't, nowhere in Scripture did it say mind both of them. The Bible says, that if we are lukewarm, he will spit us out of his mouth. You can't mind the things of God and mind the things of the flesh. It's emptiness. So I put my back towards the things of the flesh. I put my face toward the things of the, of the spirit. To Jesus Christ. The author and the finisher of my faith. The Alpha and Omega, the beginning, the end, the brighten and morning star. 
when I mind the things of who he is, I forget about the thing what the devil's doing. Who cares what the devil's doing now? I'm minding the things of the Spirit. Scripture, they did talk about the works of the flesh. They dealt with that in the church. Now, this church is not unlike any other church. There are things attacking the other churches the same, just like what we're facing. I'm not saying we got an overwhelming problem, but we're just going to talk about the works of the flesh and how we can overcome those things. What I'm saying is we just need to work on some things. I said we just need to work on some things. Somebody say amen. The closer you get to God, the more you call upon God, the more you mind the things of the spirit, the things of the flesh will start waning. Arza won't even be on your radar anymore. No Arza. And then all of a sudden Arza becomes a testament. I used to be a drunk. I used to be intoxicated by the things of the world. Let me tell you, I am a king. But a king is not just subject. I, I had an Arza too. But I'm going to tell you, but I have an advocate in the Father in Jesus Christ that says he can take away the shame of my Arza and put me back in his royal priesthood. Was it Paul that says, and such were some of you, right? But I don't dwell on where I used to be. There is a testimony there. You don't need to know the details of where I come from. All you need to know, I was a sinner just like you, saved by the mercy and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. So here's what we're going to We're going to walk out of this place with a head held high, Brother Barkley, and say, I'm going to walk after the Spirit. There are things of the Spirit. Jose, everything's going to be okay. Why? Because we're minding the things of the Spirit. And when I mind the things of the Spirit, the Lord takes care of my needs. He minds me now. He says, I see you coming to me. Now I see what's following you. I'm going to take care of that past. I'm going to take care of that trouble. You just keep mercy. The Bible says, goodness and mercy shall follow me. It's not because of the works of the flesh that they're following me. It's because of who I'm going to. And when I pursue in the Lord, the Lord makes sure that mercy and goodness begin to follow me. I think it's just the works of the flesh. It ain't, it ain't about you. It's about Jesus Christ and him being glorified. I hope this makes sense today. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. If you would like to know more information about our church, please check us out on Facebook at Lifeway Apostolic Church. May God richly bless you.